Welcome to another episode of Log It. This is episode five. We're back for another one. I am Caleb, and this is my good friend Ian. Caleb, how's it Yo, going? What's up? Oh, it's good, dude. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing real good. Good, good. Well, we have exciting news today. Uh, mm. We would like to welcome our guest, uh, Angelo. Angelo, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? So happy to be here. What's up? <laughs> We're really happy to have you, dude. No, thank you, man. We're really grateful to have you on. Just to give a little introduction, Angelo runs the Instagram Cinesplice. It's a really awesome kind of just like movie-centric channel. Um, he posts a lot of great stills, and uh, he used to do... You started doing reviews on that channel, right, Angelo? Yeah, back in the day, I, it used to be called, I want to say it was, yeah, it was Daily Cinema. I would just post like mini reviews on there, behind the scenes photos, just like this archive of like, pretty much I'm just sharing like what movies I love and, and you know, my takes on certain things. It was, it was a different time, but I was just so like at it back then. And then it eventually evolved into just doing edits and hopefully I'm, plans are to just to start sharing like original works on there and yeah now it's been yeah, right on dude yeah it's been a journey with that bad uh profile so yeah appreciate the shout out on that oh of course man yeah everybody check it out uh it's a great page um uh, i followed you there for like it's got to be at least a decade now maybe not quite that since i started yeah <laughs> yeah dude I, it's got it's it's an awesome page yeah we're excited to have you on you've been a really big supporter of the show and, and uh we're really uh grateful for that yeah no i i love your guys's takes on on films and discussion and just like man these guys just get me excited to like watch movies and just talk about it so yeah no I, it's an honor to be here i'll echo what caleb said we really do appreciate the um the listens angelo and we appreciate the shout outs and we appreciate you coming on taking time out of your day to uh to chat movies with us which look i know we know you love doing so it's an easy it's an easy get but still <laughs> but still we appreciate it well, shucks caleb should we get straight into it yeah uh just to introduce the show this is log it we are uh, a show that talks about movies kind of through the lens of the social media app letterbox each week we talk about our last four which if you're familiar um, with the uh, the app on your profile, which is the last four movies you've watched or um, reviewed. We also uh, will talk about a main movie we all watch. This week's movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and Angelo actually chose this movie. Uh, Angelo, this is such a good pick. Yes, I did. We appreciate it. You could have picked... Oh, what could he have picked, Caleb? He could have picked freaking... Um... I could have picked. I'm think trying to think of a bad movie, and I'm just cocaine bear. That would have yeah. been a little bit of a bummer to watch <laughs> again so soon. <laughs> or Pokemon <laughs> 2000, actually, which would have been fun to talk about. Pokemon 2000. Oh man, haven't seen that. I actually since. have. Some, <laughs> I have some memories tied up into that movie. So let's actually let's. Uh, Me too. Let's save that one for later. I liked it. I had some of those gold cards, and I sure. really regret. <laughs> I don't have them. Gold yeah, cards? Those were super cool. Like from the Burger King? The pr promotional merch. Oh, sure. Yeah, they were like gold Pokemon cards. I think they cards. gave those they out. From Burger King, right? Oh. 
I remember them giving cards out at the movie theater. That too, yeah. Oh man. Yes, it was a it was a um a uh, it was a Mew card that was like ancient. Now when I think I do have some. That's right. Yeah. Big Pokemon fan back in the day. Still I, gotta, I still like it. Hey, it's still going. Same. Still thriving. Angelo, I wanted to ask why you picked <laughs> why you picked Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Just to um like I said, awesome pick. Um, but mm-hmm. um, was there any specific reason that you were uh, thinking that one? Yeah, well, one of your guys' episodes, uh, maybe the last, uh, I can't remember which one, but you mentioned that you guys wanted to, that movie. I think, I don't know mm-hmm. if you, Caleb, or Ian mentioned, but one of you guys mentioned that movie, and, and they said, we got to do this. And then Caleb asked me, what movie do you want to pick for the episode you want to come on? I'm like, well, you guys didn't mention Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that's yeah. been the movie in my brain since it's has come out and has yep. for me like has been one of the most rewatchables for me i've been like i've, I've, I've mm-hmm. seen it like a few times in the theater but during the pandemic i put it on and i was like whoa like this is works at home as well like i am enjoying this movie and but yeah no i just thought it's a fun one i thought that was a fun movie to talk about there's so much like to dissect into it so that'll be a good discussion oh i actually just watched it uh this uh afternoon and it was as always, very fun. Mm-hmm. Noticed lots of details I've never seen before and uh, really enjoyed it. So I appreciated the opportunity to rewatch it. Yeah, definitely. Same here. I'm glad you guys enjoy, were you know, willing to watch it again for yeah, this episode. So. Um, and Angelo is one of the most um, uh, well-informed per- people mm. when it comes to movie stuff. Just anything related. And I know Tarantino, especially, you have a lot of fun stuff. And you have a little bit of a sneak. Uh, you have insight into his next movie, right? You've heard things. Whoa. <laughs> a little teaser. Yeah, I guess he's his next movie is supposed to be his final film. That's right. Yeah. yeah number nine or ten, is it? Was he going to yeah, do? Yeah, ten and done. Ten, ten, yeah. Because he counts Kill, Kill Bill 1 and 2 as one movie. Ten and then do five episodes of Bounty Law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cannot wait! Cannot. Wait. Is that actually a thing? Is he is he gonna do that? He said he wrote already a season and will do it for Netflix in that format too. Of what we saw in so the film, cool. so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> bring it. <laughs> I'm into it. I mean, the movie watching. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I do want to ask Angelo at some point about his Letterbox history. Just your history with Letterbox, either like um, how you came about it, or honestly anything. Uh, if that's too vague of a question, you can let me know and I can. Oh yeah, no. Um, I discovered Letterbox through a friend on Facebook. He posted a review of something, and I clicked oh. on it. I'm like, what's this Letterbox? And I go through. I'm like, oh, this is like, oh shit, this is like a whole social media for people just posting what they watch right. and rate what they watch. And I was like, okay, let me get into this. And I think I got into it in 2015 or 2016. And just been like one of my personal outlets. Like if I get in the way with Instagram yes. or Twitter or all that, I'm like post what I mm-hmm. want there and, you know, discover yeah. new gems. Cause people constantly post like, Oh, they right. watched this movie. I'm like, what is that? That looks cool. Um, but yeah, no, I've been using it for it's a, a nice community for the, for the most part. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of cool, like people there who, who have cool takes on stuff. And there's a lot of people that somehow get all these crazy, like, I don't know, like access to screenings and they log something that's coming out like two months later. It's like, what? How do you get that? 
access. It's and, insane. I know. But yeah, no, I know. I love Letterboxd. I've been using it for years. And I've been um, trying to like list everything I've watched from memory. So I'm always going back and like, oh, yeah, I watched this. I watched that. You know, just on my downtime, I'll, I'll go through it, look through it. And yeah, I, I love it. I know Caleb. Caleb and I have talked about just the fact that I really wish I kept all of my movie stubs. I would love to do a backlog of just all the movies, like all the midnight screenings, just all the movies uh, from like high school onwards. And just because I, I have a bad, I have a hard time remembering the movies that I saw <laughs> in my youth, just because to be honest, I didn't log them. That's like, that's the honest truth. Yeah, it's un- understandable. Different times, you know, and I mean, we, we only think about the ones that made an impact normally so like and i know there's probably some i forget to log because i'm like oh yeah i forgot about that because it's just didn't That's leave an worst. impact on me <laughs> and i'll discover through someone who would who would who would log it on theirs and i'll be like oh shit like I, yeah i did see this one i should say i watched it so okay one last thing to the group before we move on do you guys get embarrassed because because i there are movies i've seen but i haven't rewatched in a while so they are not logged. So do you get embarrassed at the fact like, yeah, I've seen Boogie Nights, okay? Like this isn't the first time. Like, but it <laughs> says like if the person hasn't seen it, are you, am I, am I crazy? Because I get a little embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, I've seen those movie guys. I just haven't logged them yet. I haven't rewatched them. They're on my list. They're on my watch <laughs> list. Am I crazy? No, I mean, you meaning like you, you can't like say you rewatched it. You watched it before when you log it. Like say exactly. you exactly Exactly. Caleb, Weigh in on this. So um, at the beginning of my letterboxed experience, I initially liked saying I watched it if I knew I had, but I hadn't ever logged it. Background, I used to have my own record of what movies I watched just in a Google Drive, uh, and then Ian converted me to uh, Letterboxd, mm. and I'd already kind of been doing it, but it's a fun way to organize nice. and to connect with people and see what everybody else is watching. Now I don't like saying I've watched it unless I've logged it just because it confuses me. Exactly. Like I like knowing when I watched it, mm. it, you know, it kind of gives me if it's on Letterboxd, I know I've watched it in this time frame of me tracking movies. And if it's not on Letterboxd, right. I haven't watched it in this time. Frame. But I did save a lot of my movie stubs growing up. Um, I have them in storage somewhere. So I will be logging those on Letterboxd. So I've got like my Harry That's Potter exciting. movie tickets and um like the original Dark Knight oh, trilogy, some Lord of the Rings. No, but I did the same. But see, like you keeping all, I only kept the ones I liked. <laughs> I only kept the ones I like this movie. And, I mean, I don't know where they are now, but I yeah. I used to like back in the day. Like, why didn't why didn't I keep my ticket stub to Your Highness? Like, why didn't I keep <laughs> that? I should have kept that. <laughs> You'll never know a day oh, you man. watched it now. It is sad. Lost um, in time like tears in the rain. Yeah, I saw it the Laverne (laughs) Regal. And now I don't even know it. Like, what day? That was a great theater. (laughs) It's like 2010, right? Or was it 2012? Yeah. I think it's still nearby there. Or wait. 2012. 2010, I think. Was it 2012? Are you looking? I'm going to look. Let me see. Let me see. What movie was it again? Your Highness, Your Highness. Franco and Natalie Portman. Oh gosh, I think and, it was 2012. Uh, I think it was after uh, high school. Oh, 2011. 11. 2011. That sounds right. Because 2012, I, I that would have been too late. Um, that's awesome. 
But yeah, so I'll be logging all those old ones. It's a bit of a flex. I'm very excited to. Um, I'll be getting them soon. Um, so keep an eye out for that big um, thing to look out for. We will be waiting. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you. You should make a list of all your ticket stub movies. <laughs> I'll probably will note the the ones that like if I can see the theater still because a lot of the that, those print the print on those rubs out really easy. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 no longer in a physical ticket world. It's very upsetting. It's real yeah. Sad. It's yeah. I don't like it. I like having the Me stubs. Neither. Yeah, I do too. It's not a special on the phone. You know, they actually charge extra money. They charge for like a if you stub? go to a concert. They, yeah, they really? charge extra money for if you like pick up tickets at will call for like a concert or something. It's yeah, madness. are you serious? Oh my god! Let's do. I'm serious. It's it's ridiculous. Wow. All right, gang. I think it's time. I think it's time to share our last four. Um, Hell yeah! So as if you've heard the podcast, the three of us are each going to list our our last four in quick succession. Maybe we'll have a couple comments here and there. I'm gonna start us off because I didn't I didn't watch that many movies this week, Caleb. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I only watched three movies this week. Sorry. First one I watched is a movie from 2014, directed by Jillian Robe Robespierre. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. That movie's called Obvious Child, starring mm. Jenny Slate. Oh, how was it? If I can be frank, didn't love it. <laughs> Did not like this movie at all. If real quick, actually, real quick tangent. So this movie <laughs> is set like it's like framed in the um in like the stand-up world in New York. And the one thing that bothered me so much about this movie, there's a few scenes where um there are characters doing stand-up. You guys the jokes were bad. Like <laughs> at least they could have had good jokes. I, I kid you not. And this, I was looking at the reviews and a lot of people said the same thing. There were a lot of fart jokes, like a lot of <laughs> oh, fart wow. jokes. Oh, no. And I'm like, no, you yeah. guys like you're better than this. You're better than this. Anyway. So I was, was it written by off. Jenny slate? No, it wasn't. It was actually, um, the director did a short film of the same name with Jenny slate in 2009 mm. so it's basically just a longer version i'm assuming of that movie anyway moving on huh. after that i needed something a little bit light a little bit fluffy a little bit dare i say animated and i watched 1988's my neighbor totoro nice and can i also let you guys in on a little secret this is my first Miyazaki movie. I've never seen any of them. Hey, it's a good one. It's a good one to start with. It was good. It was it was light. It was fun. And it what well, I don't want to say pointless because that sounds rude. <laughs> but it was just a very nice, easy breezy movie where you're like, what what's happening? Like, spoiler <laughs> spoiler alert, the mom doesn't die. You think she's gonna die. Like nothing bad happens. It's it's a nice, it's a nice light movie. Mm-hmm. And then finally. Finally, the movie that we will we'll, that we will be talking about is 2019's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Caleb, over to you. Yeah, Angela, let's do yours next. Do you want to do um, let us know your next four and any thoughts you had on them? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So when did I watch this? On Saturday, May 20th, I watched Before Midnight, the mm-hmm. third uh, chapter of the Link Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy with yeah, Ethan Hawke right and on. Julie Delpy. It's, it's funny. It wasn't my choice. I was at a friend's house and normally he, he invites people to his home theater and he does like screenings and he does like wow. a theme. <laughs> he has like a common theme with the movies. So he picked like third movies and like uh, oh, that's part, of, part of the trilogy. So that was one of them we watched. We watched a few more, but so wait, was the, it was it the final movie in trilogies was what the theme? It was like third movies, just any cool. part threes. Wait, can I ask what some of the other ones were? So before that it was Back to the Future three. Nice. Um, nice. Before that it was Day of the Dead, uh, George Romero's zombie trilogy. Either oh, Night cool. of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead was the third cool. movie, which is really cool. I've never seen it in like super high definition. It looked great. Mm. And then the first one we did was Return of the Jedi. That was the uh, <laughs> nice, cool, the despecialized edition. What was? Wait, I I noticed. Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. For, I know there's another movie that is a trilogy movie, but I was going to ask, what was your favorite of these screenings? Did you have one? So of these trilogy screenings, I, I liked all of them in their own ways. Okay. I, I I've seen them all before, so it was fun to rewatch. Oh, okay. But the last one of that one mm. I was going to bring up next was uh, Leprechaun 3. I don't know if you guys have seen the Leprechaun <laughs> nice. saga. It is. Oh, yeah. Those are just so, fun, guilty pleasures. Yeah, like, I enjoy those. They're crazy movies. I've never seen them. I know of them. <laughs> but is this the one? And I might be getting my movies wrong. I There was a there was a video going around for a while where the, the actors, like, they're eating them all. They're eating. You remember that? And like, you just see. Oh, is that from the Leprechaun uh, series? I think that's Troll Two. No, you're Troll right. Two. You're yes, troll it is. Two. Okay, but is it is in that quality though? It's in that just ridiculous yeah, overacting. <laughs> Adding Troll Two to my watch list. Uh, what's his name? It's um Warwick Davis. Warwick yeah, Davis. another another great Warwick Davis role. Mm. Yeah, and he lets loose on those movies. Like those like yeah. if you ever just want to have just something silly and dumb in the background and just see him like massacre people and just laugh around. <laughs> it's a blast. And then um Friends alum, what's her name is in the first one? Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is pretty uh-huh. always makes me laugh a little bit. Um because uh it's <laughs> well that's awesome, man. That's a great set of movies. Yeah, it was a fun time. And then the day after, since I was preparing for this episode, um, well, I watched before the movie we're going to talk about. I I watched mm. Valley of the Dolls, which is nice. I've never nice. seen it. I wanted to get you know more into like all right. Let me get into Sharon Tate. Let me just like understand like the movies. I know she wasn't in much before, um, so I wanted to at least watch one that's notable and one that we had mm-hmm. uh, had access to. So. And yeah, it was it was interesting. It's interesting to see to see a full movie with the real Sharon Tate, and to see just like a movie from that time. How was she in the movie? I she was great. She is dashing, yeah. gorgeous, a great presence, and um, nah, I, I really sense that like man, this she really would have been something as if she kept doing it. You know, there was something special about. Yeah, her. she was an up and comer. Yeah. Yeah, and in that movie especially, I think she really sticks out out of the women there. They're all good. All the women were great in that movie, but mm. she mm-hmm. she just something about her, and I could could see why like someone like Tarantino like you know really praises this person. So 
it was it was it was a nice watch. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about the overall movie, but I yeah, I, I admire I admire it. I respect it, and it's from mm. a different time, it's in different views in there. So yeah, and then the one I watched after is uh, yeah uh, this little movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh the yes, yes, fourth movie. I never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for uh, committing to our movie of the week this week. That's awesome that you watched Valley of the Dolls. I kind of can't believe I didn't think about that. Mm. I just wanted to like prep myself because this whole month I've been watching a bunch of sci-fi like movies. I wanted like an easy and like appetizer movie to the, the big movies. So mm. it's almost like you're better at this than we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try. I try to you know manage time, but it's not easy. Sometimes I, I try to squeeze as much as possible. But yeah. So yeah, those are my four. Nice, good collection. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing, man. Um, and I'll do mine real quick. Um, I did watch more than one movie this week, only four, um, all today, uh, but it was a really nice day. My first movie was Future World. Uh, it's from 1976, oh, okay. directed by Richard T. Heffron. Uh, it is the sequel to the original Westworld film. I've been wanting to see it, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I won't get too deep into it, but um, the uh, two leads, Peter Fonda and Blythe Danner, were awesome. Blythe Danner is really a, a fun, great actress. I've never, I haven't seen her in too much. Uh, she's the mom and Meet the Parents. She yeah. was awesome and just like a fun, a fun movie. Really low budget, but uh, kind of charming and great leads. Uh, the next movie I watched was one I've wanted to see for a long time: uh, Freaks, nineteen thirty-two directed by Todd Browning. I know this is kind of like a controversial movie or at least kind of like infamous, but I really liked it. It was really sweet and heartwarming. I really loved the whole cast, um, specifically the owners of the circus, who I believe were siblings maybe or or married, but Harry and Daisy Earls, I believe. I've been wanting to see uh, Freaks for a long time. I just see clips of that movie and just looks kind of bizarre and interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I would really highly recommend it. It's uh, you can kind of see the roots of like um, ensemble, like um, misfit groups who get together, mm. kind of like like people who find their own family and and kind of find their weird, kind of like Boogie Nights. Um, it reminded me of a little bit. Mm, but I really enjoyed it um, and would uh, recommend it. Next, I watched Nope 2022 by Jordan Peele. Ah, I just nice. really liked that movie. We talked about us um, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I just it's just a really fun movie and felt like a good pairing with our feature film of the week, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was my last movie, yeah. 2019, directed by Quentin Tarantino. And that little sprint uh, got this out of the way. We can move on to our feature of the week, uh, which we uh, can start after a quick break. Unless anybody has any last words on their last fours or anybody else's last fours. No, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Then we'll take a uh, quick break and uh, get back to it here in just a second. We are back for our main feature. It is going to be 2019's Once Upon a Time. Ian, would you like to uh, give a little summary intro of the movie? Of course. Of course I would. So, yeah. Beautiful movie. Thank you, Angelo, for recommending it. My pleasure. Yeah, so this is a movie. Uh, it takes place in... We know it's a movie. It's a film that takes place in 1969 Los Angeles. Things are changing culturally, the film industry, and there's an impending threat 
of a little family called the Manson family. Mm-hmm. The story primarily revolves around three main characters. You have Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a fading television actor struggling to break into the film industry. You have Cliff Booth, portrayed by Brad Pitt, who is Rick's stunt double, close friend, and chauffeur. And then finally, you have Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie, who is a rising starlet and Rick's next-door neighbor. And that is the movie, kind of. Hell yeah. So you guys saw this movie together, is that right? Yeah, we saw it opening night. Did you guys know anything about the movie in general? Or when I say the movie, I just mean the ending itself. Did you guys have an inkling of where the movie would go? Or... Like, were you expecting kind of Tarantino revisionist history or? I mean, after Inglorious Bastards, like I felt like I, anytime he does a history piece, I'm just going to go with it. If it's true or not, like awesome. Like I'll, I'll let him take care of what's going to happen to these characters or these real life Mm -hmm. people. So I kind of was, you know, I knew something will be up because like, you know, you're, you're introducing like a lot of real life elements, these real people. And then like, especially like you're building up to, you know, something that tragically happened in history. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was all a ticking clock movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you know the history and I know a lot mm-hmm. of people that went into it, had no idea about that story. Really? So yeah, I've met some people yeah. and, and listened to people's like reviews back when I came out oh, being fun. so confused that's cool. by that <laughs> and <laughs> thought it was just a very random like who's why is like well who's this Margot Robbie? Why is she just walking around like doing nothing? You know, I've heard those reviews. Happy go lucky, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so they probably don't get they don't know the backstory to this. So yeah. it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, no, I I I figured there's something was gonna we're we're in for a treat no matter what. I just I just knew right. that this guy was building to something great. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I didn't expect the way it happened so it was it was fantastic yeah upon first feeling what about you Caleb going into it I had in mind the Tarantino kind of universe because there is like the big theory that all of his movies or not more than a theory now he's kind of confirmed it right Angelo or Ian whoever knows well you got those red apple cigarettes in each movie Right. Oh, yeah. Right. That's like that's, a big that's, clue. That's yeah. Thread. And there's like a theory that like Kill Bill is a movie from Tarantino's movie universe, right? Yeah. There's a real world Tarantino universe and there's the movie universe. Yes. So like Kill Bill is a movie from the universe where like in Glorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time happened. Like that universe made mm. Kill Bill. Yeah, like Kill Bill's a movie, yeah, within that universe that the characters would be watching, like according to Tarantino. Which is so crazy. So knowing knowing that, I kind of assumed that there would probably be something Tarantino, like uh, his stamp on it, so his version, just like they killed Hitler and Inglorious Bastards, obviously spoilers. Right. Um, everybody's <laughs> late for that one. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Spo- spoilers for this whole movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> and so um didn't know didn't know what to expect though. Exactly. I think yeah, I would have been more surprised if if he kind of stuck with the reality of the situation and the tragic reality of the situation. So I was yeah. I was pleased. I was pleased that he put his Tarantino twist on it. It was a relief. Yeah. Yeah. I think the tension obviously is no longer there once you've seen it like three or four times, especially with Right. The um, there's a scene where Brad Pitt's character Cliff Booth kind of c- confronts the the Manson family at the ranch, 
and mm-hmm. he's going to go talk to the owner of the ranch. And I, the first time I saw that, yeah. I thought he was he was going to die. Same. So those 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 moments kind of they don't take they just kind of lose that initial effect. Still, still really great. That's a great scene. Like I just remember being like, I had no idea where that was going because Cliff Booth is a character that's obviously exactly. fiction and written for this movie and all these people, you know, and and. Yeah, oh, it was just a crazy sequence because he just wants to see his friend, and they're just like just had this vibe, and we all knew like okay, these are evil people, you know. So it's it's a great sequence. Yeah, I love Cliffs and and Rick's just reaction towards them and just their pure <laughs> hatred for just this counterculture and the people that, that are part of it, <laughs> especially with the, the the very end with Rick's confrontation with Tex and the two other the two other. Um, two other women in the car he just calls them oh, i forgot what he calls them um, i love when he comes out and he's drinking the margarita out of the blender out of the blender <laughs> yeah it's like fix your muffler <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of really really great scenes in this movie that also um i'm just gonna list them off really fast okay so actually caleb start off all ask, right ask the question what favorite scenes? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Let me think. What did we? What were we just talking about? Actually, here. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. Okay. Here we go. So this this movie has for me some of the most iconic scenes. If just, I think at the at the last few years, just the, especially at revisiting this movie, just being like, oh yeah, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I think. So I have a few. I hope you do. You guys have any favorite scenes? I have too many to count. Actually, <laughs> I definitely could think of some I love. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off mine, and then we can kind of just go from there. So, all right. First up, I love Leo's conversation with Pacino's character Schwarz at mm-hmm. Lisa and Frank, and basically Al Pacino going full Al Pacino and giving him the lowdown of his his dying career and what how how he can revive it. <laughs> by going into spaghetti westerns which to me when i first heard that i was like that's that's great yeah you should do that rick that's that's a great way to kind of restart your 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 like last ember of a of a television career but the fact mm-hmm. that he he's just completely shoo-shooing it or whatever the word is yeah <laughs> i love that because little d note um i loved all the driving scenes so when when yeah. Cliff Booth is driving down Sunset, and you get all of the lights, the the lights from the Sunset Strip, that's amazing. You so get the great. shots of all all the famous theaters, all like the the landmarks in that area. Yeah, so Cliff feeding his dog. Brand is it Brandy? What was the dog's name? Brandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. Just that I could have I could have used like a few more minutes of just that, just him talking to Brandy and feeding her. Just even like the opening, awesome dog. Opening of the cans, the splattering of the dog food. <laughs> that that was awesome. And then him making his macaroni and cheese in tandem. That was great. I loved that. I think the best scene in the whole movie is Rick Dalton's meltdown shooting Lancer, where he can't <laughs> remember any of his lines. So good. And I felt I felt very connected to him that moment because I constantly need. <laughs> to ask Caleb what my lines are because this is a scripted yeah. podcast by the way yeah this is I spend all week writing this it's very hard <laughs> yes as you can tell how seamless it is 
Um, I also I loved Sharon Tate watching her movie. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was that's that was like a very like wholesome and sincere scene, which I don't feel like I see a lot of in a lot of in Tarantino movies. And yeah. I think that's also just him trying to pay tribute to her. Like like these like this is just a day in the life of her and she's truly like starstruck. She's like, Oh my god, I'm on the movie poster. Like that's me. Can I go see my own movie? Like, I don't know. I really loved that. I thought that was very sweet. Oh, and then I loved this is like the the famous scene where the Lo- the Leo pointing meme, but before that when they're watching the FBI show. And he's just like listing all the guys that he knows. And he's like, yeah, that guy's a prick. Nope, that's Bobby Hogan. He's a good guy. Just like listing off the different people he's worked with while watching it. I thought that was great. And I also really liked the, um, the <clears throat> excuse me, the Playboy Mansion scene. I thought that was awesome. I loved Roman yeah. Polanski looking like peak Ooh. Austin Powers in his <laughs> regalia. And the, I, apparently that's Horrible what if you if you if you Google that image, I think if you Google Roman Polanski and and Sharon Tate, that he has an outfit that looks just like that. I thought it was like a like um some weird meta commentary, but no, that's just what he wore in 1969, apparently, at a party. That was his fashion. It's a great look. Yeah. It is a good look. Austin Powers. I can't unsee that now. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I was watching it, and there's the the scene where Cliff Booth is driving down down the block, and you can literally just pause each frame, and nothing looks out of place. Like I was kind of waiting, I was trying to see him. Like, oh, is there going to be like a like a Honda Civic in the background somewhere, or I just try to like pinpoint something like out of place? But every single shot there was, it was just all accurate. It was all and. He was saying that even down like to like the storefronts, like even inside the stores, it was all just redone to make it look like 1969 Los Angeles, which I thought was like, that's movie making, baby. That's that's why we go to the movies to be transported. (laughs) And the production design is just amazing. Like, I I don't know how they had all the money in the world to just redecorate Hollywood the way it was back then. And I've seen spots where they have kept like some like they have like I heard like some places wanted to keep the the old signs again. Like if you drive down Hollywood, that's like right. Some... Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. Cool. That is cool. They should. Yeah. And now all those, yeah, those driving scenes through this town and seeing everything is just, yeah. All the driving stuff is, it is fantastic. It's a great and, driving movie. Yeah. It really is. It really got a good hangout. It's a good hangout movie. Good cruise around Los Angeles. It really is like, making the you know the city a character exactly yeah and it feels up until like the last 10 minutes of the movie it is like the most low-key quentin tarantino movie i feel like like i like you said i think it's a great hang movie um yeah that you can just kind of put on and let it ride and then just kind of walk in and walk out and there's something great great to see on the screen Caleb, did you have any favorite scenes yeah well the 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 driving scene you were talking about <clears throat> one thing i really Every time I watch it, I think is really cool. The music, the way it cuts with so the um, the film cuts, um, and it just mm-hmm. will abruptly cut into a different song. But I imagine they have the same like beats per minute or something because it works seamlessly, mm. even though it's just literally jump cutting from one song to another mid song. 
Uh, but it's just, I love the way the music works in that sequence. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. And to see in LA, like you guys were saying, is just like so fun. And the music, just speak on the music, they're all deep cuts. They're not like, it's not oh. a Martin Scorsese movie where there's just Rolling Stones songs every like 20 <laughs> minutes. Sympathy like, the devil in every movie. Exactly. You're, you're like kidding. waiting to, yeah, you're, no, but you're, you are waiting to hear those kind of classic 60s like anthems. But they don't come yeah. in. Instead, what you get is yep. like songs from Paul Revere and the Raiders and yeah. and Deep Purple, like which rules. Yeah. And then I was I was actually listening. I was I forgot. I think it was an interview. But I don't remember who said this, but apparently, and I guess you can look this up on YouTube. But um, uh, Quentin Tarantino basically just listened. This might be hyperbolic, but like listened to like sixteen hours of just radio from from that year and i don't know if it was just to kind of get oh, wow. into the groove of like what he wanted to choose music wise or just because there because the movie does get inner like the especially with the soundtrack is intercut with like with uh radio ads from that era yeah so i thought oh wow that is um again attention to detail it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah the and it's cool it is great, a love yeah. letter. soundtrack is awesome yeah but the radio stuff, yeah, I agree. Like, especially like driving around town, just with that, it's like, wow, I feel like I'm in the '60s, like hearing all these like bits yes. from uh, KHJ. I think that's the radio station that's in exactly that's featured yeah. in that a lot. Is that a real radio station? Yeah, because uh, PT Anderson did the same for Licorice Pizza. He threw in a KHJ like, and I, station in there. I wrote this in my notes. What a pairing these two movies would be. That would be it. Yeah. It might get a little, um, maybe a little too Los Angeles, but man. <laughs> it like is an LA double feature. Yeah, like the, exactly. What you get one like Hollywood movie and then a, and then a, and a Valley movie. Come on. Mm-hmm. Both vibe movies, both hangout films. Another scene that I really loved uh, was the one when Brad Pitt goes to spawn ranch. And I just love the, uh, the amount of atmosphere and just like creepiness there is, even though nothing really yeah. ends up happening. Um, and then I love when it flips mm. uh, and Brad Pitt punches the guy who slashed his tire. And so you kind of get, you feel really overwhelmed and like worried about Brad Pitt. And then you kind of takes a hold of the situation. And then all of a sudden it's more of a funny scene. Um, and I also love right after the guy gets punched, uh, Tex, gets punched yeah all the girls like make these like really sad like we're so yeah. sorry face and it cracks me up every time <laughs> that grossed me out man i was just like what this is your guy <laughs> yes this, guy? this is the hero that you're mourning <laughs> man the in the the manson what, what was the rent spawn ranch had some pretty great um manson family cameos yeah the casting of this movie yeah the, it's like a wes anderson movie the amount of the amount of stunt casting there is there's a lot um, of people in this film a lot you guys lena dunham is in this movie <laughs> yeah it's always a shock weird <laughs> i that was that took me out a little bit i was uh, the first time i, I saw it I, yeah yeah i don't think i love that but what i did love was caleb you were talking about cliff booth trying to rescue essentially rescue his friend from whatever he yeah. thought was happening but right yeah, before yeah, that yeah. he has a confrontation with a character named squeaky played by Dakota Fanning who I dude Mm -hmm. I thought she was so awesome she was terrifying yeah she's creepy yeah and oddly 
this might speak volumes about me, but oddly attractive. Okay, I'll leave. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a vibe. She's got a vibe for sure. One last thing. Mm -hmm. One last thing about Squeaky is that her that so that's an actual person, and that Squeaky, who was who was a member of the Manson family, attempted an assassination on Gerald Ford, President Ford. Oh, I didn't know that was gosh. the same person. <laughs> what? Yeah. So no that, that is a real person. Cool. Which I thought was um was wacky. Failed attempt. But that's crazy. That's cool. Thank also, you, you sorry again. Austin Butler? Is this this is not his first movie, is it? First movie I saw him in. Yeah, same. Yeah, me too. Me too. Is he an Oscar winner? No, they ended up winning no Oscars this year, right? Elvis, no, I think he no just Oscars. got the Golden Globe, I think. That's he yeah, just got the I voice. Yeah. Brandon Fraser, yeah. Got the Oscar. Heard he was great though. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, he's definitely the best part in that movie. He's definitely mm. definitely pretty good, actually. He's yeah. So I've that. heard. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch that um, one day. Not now. Yeah, I wouldn't rush to it. So yeah, Angela, did you have any favorite scenes or anything in particular you wanted to talk about? You know, notice. You know, all the ones you mentioned, or yeah, I would definitely put those. Um, this movie's interesting because, like, I know Tarantino cites like movies like Days and Confused as like an influence, mm-hmm. and a movie like Days and Confused, another good driving movie. movie. Yeah, good driving, hangout. Um, and, and that movie, every time I watch it, I always have like new, like love for certain parts or even characters. And, and yeah. this movie kind of does the same where I'm like, Oh, I like this part now. Or I like these people. And it kind of switches around. Cause I like, I love the whole movie. I mean, upon first viewing upon the first view it's like my favorite, all my favorite scenes are just Cliff Booth, just all of, all of his scenes. So yeah, he ruled. <laughs> so my favorite, such like, a great character. I, I know we're not supposed to like him. I think just having rewatched the movie, but you really just can't help but not love him as a character. Wait, so you don't think you don't think we're supposed to like Clint Booth? You said, um, well, you know he 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 murdered his wife allegedly. <laughs> I think we're supposed to think he murdered his wife. I I don't know. May, maybe I don't know. Caleb, have you finished the book? Once upon a- no, is, I was is- gonna say there is a little bit of background, a little bit more context in the book. I would love to get into that, by the way, at some point later. It's worth it if you love. The movie that is like the best companion piece because it's not only just the it's part novelization but part like well prequel sequel is yeah, so from between. what I sorry I I'm sorry to keep jumping on this but so when Tar- Tarantino basically wrote an entire biography of both Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton and essentially wrote the biography about how they kind of came up in the industry what movies and television shows they they did is that part yeah. of the book as well is that like included like you kind of have yeah. a, a deep biography on both characters oh yeah you delve both on both histories that's amazing especially cliff booth if you love cliff mm-hmm. booth there's it has a whole crazy again i don't think we're supposed to <laughs> <laughs> i know we're not supposed to but i but disagree the, though but, but the, no i'm not the, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But I think Quentin Tarantino does present him as a person you're supposed to like. There's just yeah. no way he's way too likable. Well, well, but is that Cliff or just Brad Pitt? Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think, Angela? Especially <laughs> would... way in. <laughs> actually, can I, I think... ask you guys about a scene really fast? Or before yeah, actually, no, Angela, finish your thought. Oh no. Um, but add if... context from the book if you'd like. Yeah, because the. 
you know, I see what you mean, Ian. But then also, no, there's just something like because I feel like in the movie they uh, they kind of try to clarify him. Like, yeah, there's all these bad things you hear about him, but there's all these like Mm. good things he does in the film. Like Mm -hmm. when that uh, that girl, that girl he picks up, Margaret Cayley, is that the actress name? Um, Margaret Cayley. Margaret Cayley. Um, like, you know, she offers to do some favors, but he, yeah. he, 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 and, he has, he, he pauses, but he just has that, like, well, how old are you? Like, he, yeah, like, oh, he won't let her go. Cause I would have agreed if, if he did just let her, you know, do whatever to him. But can I be honest? Genuinely surprised that he denied it. Well, you know, it's funny. Something that occurred to me watching it this hmm. time. So he knows he dodged a bullet, pun intended, with not going to jail for killing his wife, manslaughter right. or murder, regardless of whether <laughs> he meant to. He shot her with the harpoon gun. Um, <laughs> for sure. We know that. And so I, I, I saw it kind of, too, as him being like extra cautious, where he's like a kind of got a Zen mm. mentality, it seems like. Definitely. Yeah. And so for him, it was like, I'm not going to flirt with jail again. Like, there's no way I'm even going close to anything that'll catch me. Cause like I dodged jail once and like right. this, this, the odds are I won't get that lucky twice. And so I saw it too as him being this guy who's kind of like, nope, I'm not, t- I'm not messing with anything that could get me in trouble. Like, I don't care. It's not, nothing's worth it. In my head, canon, he accepted. Oh, wow. <laughs> Changing it. That's off awesome. Screen. Well, I, Just off screen. well, it's cause I, I was listening to um interview or maybe it was a podcast and they're talking about Cliff Booth as like the unreliable narrator of the movie, mm. or at least for on on his part. Interesting. So yeah. the scene where the scene where he takes off his shirt and um I don't see this is where I, I had a hard time interpreting it. Was he daydreaming or was it a dream or like did it actually happen? The scene where he him and Bruce Lee uh duke it out on the set of Green Hornet. Like that was that was a that was a past memory, and I could I couldn't tell if that was like was that just him trying to like big himself up? He's like, oh yeah, I was I was once a great stunt double or an important facet of this industry, but in my head I'm like, no, what? He would have destroyed you. You would not. You would not win. I don't know that part. I I, I had a hard time wrapping my head around. I don't know. How did you? What do you think, it? Angelo? Well, it's funny because you know, upon first viewing, it was just kind of like, oh, what? Like, how do we get to this point? But, yeah, <laughs> but upon, upon rewatching, because they do set up before when he drops off Rick at the set that like uh, he's right. asking him for a job on like some production, and then the guy warned him, well, that was like that, that guy doesn't like you, and I think it was yeah. Kurt, Kurt Russell, and then like, and he's just kind of like, oh, I'll let him know, like, I'll do the job or something. I, I want to still. I know, love that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then, just him saying yeah. anything you can do to him, he'll just gladly accept the job. You can hit yeah. him with a car if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, at first it was random, but upon rewatching, they do they do build up to that, and and it's funny because that sequence itself is like a it really is just a setup how strong Cliff Booth is, how powerful this guy is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I because if he could just kick Bruce Lee's ass, he could kick anyone's ass, like the hippie That's guy. That's a good point because they do end up having. I mean, he is the. He proves it later. Exactly right. They yeah, do call he backs back. it up. Even after smoking an acid dip cigarette, he <laughs> yeah. destroy you with a and smile on think, his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think at first viewing, I was like, "What? Why are we doing this? Like, why is?" <laughs> But but I like that I like that thought, Angela. Like they're kind of they're prepping the audience, being like, "No, this guy will destroy." Like, I, is he a Vietnam he's not vet? Or he's, yeah, he, yeah, he's 
he's definitely murdered people for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh the Vietnam vet thing in the scenes where he has his shirt off, he's got a lot of pretty gnarly scars that look like oh, battle wounds. So I yeah. think he I think he did I think he's pretty experienced. And I think the book touches on he had quite a record in the yeah. military. Oh, cool. Yeah, last prisoner, thing about yeah. last thing about that, and then we can move on. But again, this is not an original thought, but they were saying how the the duel between um between Cliff Booth and Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, um, portrayed by, do you guys know, I think his name is, do you guys know the actor's name? I want to shout him out because he was really, Ooh. really great. Um, I'm not familiar. Mike Moe, Mike Moe. So he, he's a, before, he, yeah. yeah, he's not in a lot of stuff, but he is an, uh, he's an, uh, an actor and a martial artist. But anyway, cool. they were basically just saying like, so this is um, Green Hornet Day. So this is, this was like, Bruce Lee during his television career, not yet his like enter the dragon had not even happened yet. Right. So this is still Mm -hmm. early Bruce Lee. He is like, I guess he was very cocky, but how could you not be when you were like, when your (laughs) fists are lethal weapons or registered lethal weapons, I think is what he said. (laughs) Uh They're basically saying how it was kind of like um, a duel of like the, past and the future so like cliff being like this basically washed up stunt double which was kind of kind of no longer not no longer career but like for himself it was like a it wasn't um uh what'd they say essentially just like the the bygone era of stunt doubles versus like someone who would end up like kind of ruling who wouldn't need a stunt double essentially right like Cliff mm-hmm. Booth might have won the battle, but Bruce Lee ended up winning the war <laughs> in terms of <laughs> which I liked. Yeah, I thought that was cool. it, yeah, I like that actually. <laughs> um, they said it better than I did, obviously, but that's what you get. That's what you get on Logged Podcast. Well, that was a great scene, though. I heard the Bruce Lee. <laughs> You're stuck with us. I heard the Bruce Lee family was really <laughs> unhappy about it, but um, yeah, and I think first thing, viewing yeah. I would be too because I'm like, no, that's not mm. how it works. But I do find it very endearing. Still, like I know he doesn't maybe yeah. look the best, but I find him very endearing, and I, I think he's very likable, even though he's very oh cocky, for sure. But that's all part of the fun. That's like part of the yeah. whole thing. And then he has that scene when um when Sharon Tate is watching her movie, and there's a little martial arts yes. scene yeah. yeah. to him training her. Yes. I re- I really liked that. I think that kind of helped kind of clean it up a little I bit. I think it balances yeah. the other scene. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And then he's hanging out with them at the end too. They had like a pool exactly. party. And a, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool that he's part of that posse. Because mm-hmm. in real life, that that was true too. The relation, they, the three of them, had, and Roman Plansky all kind of were uh, in a in a close friend group. Sorry, Bruce Lee too? Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, yeah. Bruce Lee, Sharon oh, no Tate. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, because he did train her for, for that movie. That's awesome. So cool. Emil Hirsch is in this movie. Yeah. yeah I love Emil Hirsch. I wish I'm, I'm well, would love for him to make a comeback. He's such an uh, underappreciated yeah, I actor. I agree. I agree. Speed Racer, which is a great movie. I know kind of killed heard, his career, yeah. but it's a, it is a, it holds up. It's I highly fun. recommend yeah. Speed Racer. I do want to rewatch like, that sometime. I haven't watched that. I have to watch it. No, I like the fact that there's like, like character composites of both Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, but also then you actually have real characters and 
Emil Hirsch's character, J.C. J. Sebring. Sebring, Sebring. Right. Yeah. Who is um who was a real person? He he was at the um he was killed that night. Uh, it's horrible. Uh, Mm. Yeah, but I didn't know he was so he was a uh, uh, like one of the first male hairstylists. And I guess he was famous for creating like the Jim Morrison look and kind of that like shaggy. Yeah, like kind of the transition because what they talk about a lot in the movie is like just the cultural transition of from the 60s to the 70s. And you have Mm. Rick Dalton, Leo DiCaprio's character, who's like all clean cut. He's the only person in L.A. with like still with a pompadour and everyone else is kind of <laughs> growing out and like their shaggy locks. But he was kind of, <laughs> he was like one of the pioneers of kind of not pioneers, but he like kind of created a lot of the looks of, of different actors and like musicians and stuff. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's sad. Yeah. I, didn't, I obviously I know in real life, um, those people would have, the people at the house at the end of the movie probably did die. Um, mm, yeah, that definitely. is extra sad. You pointing it out that literally that night in real life would have been his last. Cause he's such a nice character. He's a very likable in the movie. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. We forget this movie isn't based in isn't a biography yeah. as much as we wish it was. <laughs> I kind of I kind of see it as Tarantino saving like Hollywood and like his. Um, That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like a revenge movie against the people that took away this like golden age and made Hollywood yeah. this like boarded up wall, high mm-hmm. walls like rich people separated like because i think yeah. it was a much more accessible kind of world back then yeah he really preserves it's that. also him like saving sharon tate like yeah literally mm-hmm. yeah. like her legacy because now her legacy is completely and forever stained There's by what happened she, that's all she's yeah. known for like angelo yeah. said like people don't even know who she is um and if they do they just know her by this awful this awful thing um yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> And one criticism I remember hearing about the movie is that Sharon Tate is not like a complete character. And I remember thinking that she really represents more of like the spirit of Hollywood at that time. And like, exactly. so does Rick yeah. Dalton, but they're both these mm-hmm. like really pure people who just like love movies. Like they're, they're not like egotistical. They're driven by like wanting to be part of this like world that they love. Like you were saying Ian earlier, the scene where she's at the theater watching her own movie and it's she's beautiful. so like genuinely excited. Yes. It's not like arrogant or like conceited or um, vapid. She's like doing it. Cause she's so excited to be like part of it now. She's mm-hmm. literally, she officially truck. made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And all that stuff. I just think is really sweet. Like you said, like she, she is the rising star to Rick Dalton's fading star. Like they yeah. both mm-hmm. represent two different sides, especially during that time when, when Rick Dalton, like back in the fifties and sixties, your star man was like this gruff kind of handsome man. And then once you get into late 60s, 70s, your starring man was, um, um, Oh God, what's his name? Dustin Hoffman. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, or like these guys <laughs> that look like, like androgynous, like, I mean, even I mean, Roman yeah. Polanski being like an Austin say. Powers, like flamboyant, like <laughs> European guy. His movie Rosemary's Baby, like that, like that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, no, I agree. I think that that controversy was uh, stupid. Yeah, yeah. bugged me. I thought it was half-assed. But she, but she really is the heart of the movie. Like everything in the film Definitely. connects back to to Sharon Tate. Like all these storylines yeah. always lead back to her. And her scenes, yeah, her scenes are amazing. Like, if I want to go back to, like, yeah, agreeing with one of the best scenes of the movie is her watching herself on screen. And Mm -hmm. you really, you really see, like, 
there's just this beautiful like thing about how like you know like she may be gone but she's like with us spiritually right. you know her films you know are still you know yeah it's it's really great and and the things i've noticed on a rewatch too is um um, right after we have Charles Manson visit mm-hmm. her, her house with and Emil Hirsch, you know, tells, Hey, the guy doesn't live here. You know who you're looking right. for. And it's crazy. Cause right after that scene, it, it just cuts to, uh, um, Rick Dalton. And he's, he almost looks like Charles Manson with the hair and the yeah, mustache. Makeup, yeah. <laughs> and there's this sort of like parallel, like, okay, it's sort of like, Cause that whole sequence I thought, thought about rewatching and, and I thought about it before is when he's doing that scene with that, that little girl's fantastic, by the way. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so good. Those are, those are also so scenes. Great. Yeah, those are also one of my favorite parts of the movie. Just their dynamic is so fun. Yeah, agreed. That scene where he's like when they're acting in that in the the show where he's threatening her. I just felt <laughs> right. I felt this sort of like metaphor, like, oh, is this supposed to symbolize like the evil of Charles Manson and the mm. innocence of like Sharon Tate and the people that he's responsible for dying? Oh, interesting. Like there's just something I felt like I, don't, I could be wrong, but there was just something. No, like, and doesn't the director say more hippie-ish when he's describing his look? Yeah, yeah he says like he describes he said, him as hippie-ish or. Well, he says he says something. like he says like more Hell's Angel or something like that. Yeah, um, it's like, rum, rum, rum. exactly. I loved that character, the director. But I bet you're right that there's like a metaphor there, and I wonder sometimes like movies can kind of like catch something in the the social wind. And maybe it's mm. kind of like the idea that this this little Hollywood show or this little TV show was still kind of tapped into the zeitgeist enough to create a villain who was a murderous hippie. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, in another reality became very true, even though it's like in a Western, but the, the visual uh, similarities, like you were saying. Yeah, I, I just felt it. Like the more I watch, I just do feel like there is there is something, some sort of like connection to like there's like not these aren't just like random bits, you know. Like I don't think mm-hmm. people can view it as that, but everything is layered. Like there's just a lot mm, of it's all intentional, right? Yeah, everything's purposely like detailed. And I also noticed. Uh, I mean, I might have noticed it before, but just I got reminded again when he goes to the tool shed to grab some gear to fix that antenna. You, you see even just like that flamethrower sitting on yeah. the ground knowing that, Oh, like I didn't realize that was, that's the setup. That's why he goes to the back to grab it at the end of the film. Cause I always wonder like, where, where was that flamethrower just there? And then you rewatch like, Oh, Dan, it's already right there. He established it. Yeah. Angel, you were talking about how the, the fight scene kind of introduces the audience to, um, to Cliff Booth being just a complete badass. So does that scene. <laughs> Or like right before yeah. because he climbs up that mm. roof like a cat. <laughs> he is a yeah. nimble man. I love that. He, just, he jumps up so quick. I always think that part's hilarious for some reason. It always catches yeah, me guard, off it guard. Seems, it seems <laughs> like so out of place. Yeah. Like, oh, this is it, an X-Men movie. It feels like an Andy Sandberg, like a hot yeah. rod joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can see that. Because he just brings out, a, he has a beer with him, too. It's like, what the? So he cool. That? He puts in his little holster. I love that. <laughs> but, so he's such awesome. a drunk. <laughs> Um, when, oh, um, real. Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I, I keep. No, talking. no, no. Go ahead. Super fast. First time I ever noticed the dog food flavor when he's feeding yeah. his dog. There's more of them, but I only noticed two. It's rat and raccoon that he feeds no. him in the first scene. Oh wow! The brand is called Wolf's Tooth. Wolf's Tooth. 
again, just like I didn't even catch that world building. He just made a dog yeah. food. Same yeah. with the beer. The beer is the beer is. I think it was like called Chattanooga or something. That's also fake. I was like, you didn't have yeah. to do that. It's a Tarantino like universe yeah. beer. I think. Oh, it's, is it in other movies? I think so. Because I, I, I know Red Apple is. And if you've seen the bonus features, there's there's commercials for Red Apple and that beer too. Oh, that's great. <laughs> cool. And you see James Marsden play like Burt Reynolds, and I forgot which was the beer or the the cigarette one. He doesn't look like him, but I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, oh, no wonder, dude. I gotta watch those. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of. I wish there was more. There's they have a good handful of deleted scenes, but I know he keeps saying that he's gonna do the uh, extended Netflix version, like what he did to the Hateful oh. Eight. Dude, please, like, I need. That. <laughs> yeah, did you guys watch the Hateful Eight one? It was I did, amazing. Back when I it loved out. it. It was so good, right? I couldn't get no, enough. Literally, every movie should, like, every director's cut should be ten episodes. Yes. Like, that's that's how. I'm sorry, I loved it. Yeah, why not? You got the footage. Just make a longer version on streaming websites. Right. They should, and I, I think that was a great experiment on for him too. Like, and I, I feel fun. like that's my new favorite way to watch it. I'll just watch it in those parts again. Definitely, I get more out of them. Like, I, I did love the movie when it came out, but just watching it at home, I just felt like I got to appreciate it even more, just in the increments that they were divided into. Yeah, I agree. Um, I but I really enjoyed no. it. Hayflate in general, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, just a great movie. Another, so brutal. He's, he's done. Yeah. The, Yes, who done it? Or Channing? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that part was great. <laughs> when you find out he's under the floorboard the whole time, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so epic. That's, uh, that was an awesome twist or uh, reveal, whatever you'd call it. <laughs> yeah. He did that in the Glorious Bastards. That same kind of shot where he goes from the top where they're talking and they see all the people hiding. Yeah, yeah, in the opening scene. Yeah, I just realized that right. Yeah, now. totally. That's a great catch. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I hope he does that extended cut for Once Upon a Time. Oh, I, me too. I think yeah. I, I could be wrong. I could have sworn one of the actors said like, "Oh, I had more scenes. I thought there was more. It might have been Brad Pitt." Or well, a lot or, of a lot of people that were in this movie got cut. I know. Like, I think did you did someone just mm. mention James Martin being yeah Martin? He was James. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mar- Marsden? 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 Marsden or Mars? Yeah, he's he's one of them, but he was James Dean. Is that what he said? Uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, or Burt Reynolds, <laughs> just yes, hilarious. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's so funny. It's yeah, random. Yeah, that, that's so weird. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, he was in he like, he had a scene, and then I'm trying to think of there was someone else who is like a Quentin Tarantino, um, actor. Oh God, Eli, not Eli Roth. Oh, Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yeah, he was in this uh, movie. And his his part got cut. He was supposed yeah, to be. He was supposed he... to be J. C. Brings Butler, I believe. Oh, who's that? Do you guys know? Um, J. C. Brings. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a real. Well, J- that's oh, a real. Oh, so he wasn't playing a real. He wasn't playing a real. Uh, but yeah, um, think... the other guy, Tim Roth. Mm. Cool. Yeah, yeah, Tim Roth was just a butler, I believe. Or, I don't know. He was vocal about that. He seemed kind of bummed about not appearing in it. He's still in the credits, I saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I remember seeing that, and I'm like, he's not in this movie. Right. (laughs) Also, really surprising that this is the first Brad Pitt, Leo DiCaprio movie. Oh, yeah. So wild. I I don't don't think... 
and they're so great. They're so great on screen. They have such yeah. a great dynamic. It's, like, it's effortless. It's like they're be- It's like they mm-hmm. made so many movies together. <laughs> I know it feels like it. I saw in the trivia that they said that they they, they got along so well they want to do more movies like together down the road. Hoping, yeah, could be the Robert Redford, Paul Newman of our time. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> like Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. They could be that. I could see yeah, it. Do one of those. Yeah. Do a do a nice guys movie. Yeah, like a weird, like a I don't know. Just do something. <laughs> just make movies. They should do a tour of just like all the great directors working right now, and just they each get to do a Brad Pitt Leo movie in, yes. in succession. So That'd like uh, you know so uh, cool. Christopher Nolan gets to do one. Um, <laughs> P.T. Anderson. Oh, that'd be know. good. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be cool. Amazing. Yeah. It's just their their uh their civil civic duty to the public. Right. Yeah. Well I know DiCaprio might be in PTA's next movie. Like I know that's oh. been floating around. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Rumor has it he's gonna be with Walking Phoenix. So I mean Angel, your finger's cool. on the pulse, so <laughs> you would know. I was gonna say, Angela, what is the movie? You've told me this, uh, but it'd be fun little scoop if anybody, if there are any uh, Paul Thomas Anderson fans out there. Well, I just based off sources and things I'm seeing, it, like he himself is not—he he doesn't have a social media, so we don't know what like he's gonna, you know. But I, from what people are speculating and everything, it's gonna be a film called Vineland, which is based off a Thomas Pynchon novel, the guy who wrote Inherent Vice. Oh God, mm. it's gonna be all over the place. <laughs> and in, Inherent Vice was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's like two two movies ago. He made yeah. it. Yeah, two movies right? ago. Yeah, cool. Um, and you told me, Caleb, that that book is a, like a spiritual sequel to Inherent Vice, or like a continuation yeah. of some sort. <clears throat> it's a, it's at least connected in the same universe. Um, like they mentioned Gordita Beach, and they mentioned a couple of the bands that are mentioned in Inherent Vice. Um, and Gordita Beach only exists in Inherent Vice and Vineland. Oh, so they're wow. at least in the same universe. It takes place like 20 years, I think, after or 15, 20 years after Inherent Vice. Um, but I've only I've only read the first like 20 pages, uh, but it, but there were definitely connections. That is cool. And if Walking Phoenix is coming back, I just wonder if you'll play that same character. Um, It'd be fun. There There is a similar character in the book that reminds me a lot of Doc. Hmm. Interesting. One of our best characters, Doc Spadello. Yeah. yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, one of my favorites. He's yeah, so fun. such a fun character. He kind of reminds me of Rick Dalton in a lot of ways. <laughs> they seem like spiritual buddies. How? Uh, they both are just like a really pure energy. Like they're both just people who really like care about other people and like. This is Joaquin Phoenix's character, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're both just kind of childish. They both have like this kind of like really childish like energy. Like Rick Dalton just seems like just in some ways he's very vulnerable and still still has a lot of things he's working through. And I feel like Doc does too. Both very vulnerable, sweet characters. They both freak out the same way too. They'll just like scream out of nowhere. Or like they have like panic attacks more than they get angry. Yeah. I could see that, huh? I didn't yeah. think about that before. It's a great comparison. Um, but I, I love both of them a lot. But yeah, sorry not to stray away into that that route with uh No, you're good. We, and, we could go any route. Um well, I mean those movies do exist. The 
the same era, right? This like '69 is Hollywood, and that's also like late '60s, right? The, the book? I think it's. I thought it was the '70s. Yeah, like it's early '70s. 70s. Yeah, you, you're definitely early right. Early '70s. Uh-huh. For inherent yeah. vice. Inherent vice. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be early '70s, um, but they're very close for sure. Um, and you're kind of seeing two sides of Hollywood, which is fun, kind of like right. the West Side, like Venice area, and then like the Hollywood area. Um, and then you could kind of add um, licorice pizza to that time Definitely. period as well, yeah. a little later. Yeah. But like it is a fun little fun if you want to see LA in the past but done really, I mean, really well in movies. I mean, they're directed by both by two guys who grew up here, like are completely ingrained, or we're just like brought up and in those worlds yep. so you get you get like mm. a fully realized la like that like time yeah. stamped yeah which is which yeah semi-autobiographical for yeah. Um, certain eras yeah but have you guys ever heard the story about um fiona apple quit drugs because she spent tonight hanging out with quentin tarantino and pt anderson talking about movies and doing drugs all night and she oh, said God. it's such a horrible experience that she's never done drugs again yeah, that's that would be like the most obnoxious <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I watched so many interviews with him today, mm-hmm. or listened to so many. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> kind of gets under your skin a little bit. I'm, mm-hmm. like, I'm like Quentin. Margo is trying to talk, and you're like stepping all over. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude. I think I've seen that. That's that is his, uh, He just says who he is. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, for yeah. sure. I went to a midnight showing of uh, the Nicolas Cage movie, The Wicker Man. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it was a midnight screening. Like, I see the, like, half the theaters, everybody's up at the front. Nobody's sitting in the back areas. And there's only one person. Mm. And I turn over and I'm like, oh, shit. No wonder nobody wants to sit next to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting there in the back. I mean, he just seems, he's a casual dude. But I just remember during the movie, like, there were just some, you know, crazy bits, and I only heard one person laughing, and it sounded like his laugh. So it's yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> could just hear. It's so hilarious. The one guy laughing in the theater, his own theater too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, real quick about the new Beverly. So in the movie, there's a scene where Sharon Tate and her and uh, her two friends are going out to dinner, and Sharon's like, "Oh, there's like a there's like a premiere going on over there." And then Jay Spring is like, oh, yeah, that's that's the like the the local porn theater, blah, blah, blah. And that theater <laughs> is the new Beverly. That's what mm-hmm. that's what the new. Be- yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, that's a fun little little Easter egg. Yeah, it used to be an adult theater back in the day. Back yeah, I did that not time. know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either for a long time. Yeah. El Coyote, the restaurant they eat at, yeah. that is the actual restaurant she ate at before they were murdered. Um, That's right. Yeah. It's still open, or at least it was before COVID. It's still there. I've I've been by there recently, and I'm like, it's I, really expensive. Oh, really? I've never gone in. Mm. At least when I went, I went one time way back in the day. I didn't even know it was, it was famous. It was just close by mm. um, where I worked. How was it? Was it pretty good? Yeah, it was good and it was really nice. All the, the, the people were really nice. It still had this kind of classic vibe. Like the, the kind of decor was very similar. They had an updated um, it much yeah. in a cool way. That's awesome. I I do want to go at least once. Like just I think because that movie just made me like, you know what, I gotta go here. It's just right here. Not too yeah, far. It's from a me. movie where you like you want to check out all of the all the spots yes. that are referenced in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Especially the bar that moves at Musso and Frank's in the beginning yeah. that they meet. Al Pacino, like I do want to check that out. 
you know what I really loved actually? So he's on the set of Lancer and he's talking to Timothy Oliphant is in this movie. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, but they're talking about uh about him being cast or doing a screen test of the movie um Great Escape, <laughs> the Steve McQueen yeah. movie. I, yeah. The, they basically they just CGI him in the actual scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that looked amazing. I thought it looked so great. I love that. Yeah. And then, and then in comparison when we've talked about it, but the Sharon Tate when the scene where she's watching herself in the movie and it's act the actual actress Sharon Tate mm-hmm. in the movie that she's saying. I love I love that they didn't they didn't edit uh, Margot Robbie in it, but just the, I love those two uh, the Leah the. Uh, great escape scene i love that one as well yeah both both great scenes and yeah like i don't know how he they did they did a great job blending dicaprio there like he looks like he really is in that movie i was gonna say unbelievable you would yeah. not Sorry, go hire ahead. him no i'm just like just watching the t- I'm like you're just you're not cool enough man you're just you're chewing the scenery a little bit too much you're a little too winky that's why <laughs> steve mcqueen got the better of you that's why you didn't get the <laughs> And and that scene when he talks to Timothy Oliphant, the thing that always like throws me off when it does a purpose jump cuts, like in that scene when they first yes. like meet, and I'm I'm just like, oh, is this just because like you're watching it on a film reel? And it's just like things are skipping mm-hmm. around. Right. It, it always gets me every time I watch, it, and I always forget about like, oh yeah, that's right, that's that's interesting, <laughs> interesting decisions. Um, My favorite jump cut in the movie is when they reference the acid dip cigarette and it literally cuts to like two seconds yeah. of just the scene where he buys it and, and it goes it. back. Yeah. <laughs> completely unnecessary, but just to remind you that he did this. So I, they yeah. kind of do that in the scene with Al Pacino too, where they're referencing his movies oh, and they so kind of will just cut in the footage. I, I so that editing is really fun. All yeah. those, all those posters of like the spaghetti Western movies. They're yeah. so, like I would, uh, I yeah. want those. So and good. um fun fact one of the d- movies he did while he was in italy is directed by antonio marguerite right. who is one of the uh in unglorious bastards mm-hmm. they pretend to be him when they're sneaking into the premiere yeah. oh so good I love that's one that. of the characters yeah. they pretend to be Margarete. that was eli roth's character right uh-huh yeah pretending pretending yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that amazing scene with christopher walken where they're trying to be italian oh my or christopher, god uh, oh, christopher uh, christopher christoph yeah, Waltz, thank you. Yes. Christopher Walken could have pulled that off as well. Yeah, I, I could see that. Christopher Walken's only done one Tarantino movie, right? Is it just Pulp Fiction? Or am I, or am I wrong? Because I feel like he needs to be in more, or he should be in Tarantino's next movie as a, as a role. I don't know. A lot of good actors he could use for his, or his, if he says it's his final film, I hope it brings all Man. the best. It, yeah, better Ooh. be ensemble. It just, yeah, just like 35 people and 35. <laughs> the Go Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, real quick, one of my, again, it just made me laugh so much, but the scene where he, he leaves the meeting with Al Pacino's character, the movie producer, Shores, and mm-hmm. then he and then he meets he meets Cliff Booth outside. And he's like, "It's official, buddy. I'm a has been." And he just starts crying. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then Cliff Booth is like, "Don't cry in front of the Mexicans." Gives him his glasses, <laughs> and he just starts sobbing because he has to go make movies in Italy. What a baby! <laughs> oh man, but, yeah, that was. I thought that was so him funny. with the glasses 
And then by the oh. end of the drive, he's all like happy and like giggling and all uh-huh. excited about life. It's just such a so funny how Cliff can cheer him up over a drive home. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because in the book, uh, they delve into like Cliff's movie taste. He's 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 more of a foreign movie guy, so he he loves like Italian, mm, loves French, and all these you know. So to him, it's like oh, that's fantastic when you're doing that, you know, because he. Right. he doesn't watch American according to the book. He doesn't watch American right. movies because he makes he makes them, so he just doesn't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny too because I in the movie you just made me think about at one point he's saying nobody likes Italian westerns, oh, so and then the um, Cliff Booth is like, "Are you sure about that?" Yeah, that was like because yeah. I think that was I don't know if it's right around Clint Eastwood was kicking off where that movie takes place. Yeah, would have been really, yeah. So because I feel like Clint Eastwood had the same, like he was on, he was like a, he was on, um, oh God, what's that show called? Gunsmoke, uh, like a popular cowboy yeah. show in the 60s. And then he did, oh. he did spaghetti westerns. And then now he's making a movie at 105. How old is he? Juror <laughs> <laughs> number two. Oh, what? Wait, what number two is he making? It's a movie. I think it's called Jur Number Two or The Jur. I don't know. Oh, got it. Not a sequel. Got it. He's ninety-two. Oh my gosh! Wow. Should we talk about the ending? Yeah, we haven't 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 talked about it at all. Let's get into it. So, for whatever reason, twenty nineteen was not a good movie going year for me. I literally don't think I saw any movies in theaters besides. The two Avengers movies and Rise of Skywalker. Guys, I messed <laughs> up big time. Very embarrassed. But so it was New Year's Eve and I was like, hey, let's watch this movie. I watched it with my wife. We popped it in. She fell asleep probably an hour into the movie. And <laughs> the clock struck midnight and Cliff was torching, <laughs> torching one of the hippies <laughs> with his flamethrower. <laughs> That's how I brought in 2020 was just just hippies just getting demolished. It was truly insane. I don't think I tried when I was watching it again today. Um, I really I think I squinted. It was dude. I think that's like the most the most brutal of all of this. It's like the most visceral like um, like just full carnage fight scenes. I think I remember seeing in a while yeah when he it's just, just chugs like, that can at her face it's just like, yeah you could see Ow. her broken face then, <laughs> oh my gosh so basically what happens is what happened in real life where the the three members of the manson family go up to the hollywood hills and commit uh, a heinous act of violence on sharon tate and th- two other people but what Quentin does is they end up rolling uh, into uh, what's his name? Rick, Rick Dalton's house. To their surprise, they see Cliff Booth and Brand. What's the dog's name? Brandy. Brandy. Cliff Booth completely high on an acid cigarette, and he just <laughs> takes him out. And again, so so wild. Mm-hmm. And I think again. I think this is just him, him being Quentin's just way of being like, no, this doesn't happen in my, like you will get torched like for what you did. <laughs> yeah. For what you did to this poor woman. I'm going to make everyone see 
just how yeah how violent i can be to these people that uh i guess in his eyes deserve it it was it was just mm. i could not watch it actually i was just like nah i'm gonna fast forward <laughs> through this <laughs> when he yeah. throws a can of dog food at her face yeah. that is always like it hurts mm. my teeth really bad every time mm-hmm. i see it, <laughs> <You hear> it. <laughs> yes. yeah and i feel like he's extra powerful when he's on acid like i feel yeah. like yeah <laughs> this this guy superhuman is... strength <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean he doesn't realize how hard he's he just yeah he's just high and he's just like just going with guys? it <laughs> it was so it's great it's great and because the whole movie has been so chill and very sweet and exactly like, that's you know, what i was yeah, thinking yeah. and and that is like literally the build-up because i i've heard people even back then they're like man this is like really too tame to be a, for a tarantino film and then that ending comes mm-hmm. like oh okay that there you yeah. go that's the tarantino that people exactly. know and, and knowing the history of what really happened it's fun because right. you know something is probably gonna happen that's gonna be tarantino-y but you don't know again like we're talking about you don't really know what's gonna happen but something's mm-hmm. gonna happen Right. And it pays off. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, Are you guys real? I'm as real as the donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when he when he says, he's like, I am Satan, Lucifer himself. Yeah. Oh. He's like, nah, it was something stupider. Yeah. Right? Well, that, and then she's like, Tex. And he's like, Tex, that's it. <laughs> that's why he actually said that. I guess that was the... Uh, Oh, exact quote he uh, said. so he's yeah. actually making fun of the guy's real murder line oh yeah yeah it's hilarious and i think he just died too the uh ac- actual tex in real life oh really i'm pretty sure oh so tex yeah. is based on a real guy as well those are real people all the, all, yeah, yeah all, all of those people wow. are real what about the girl oh, who no. ran away um ethan hawk's daughter yeah no uh, the fl- i don't or the flower don't child i think that was right i don't know re- if that because I know that I heard I was looking at the history that there was a fourth person that was waiting at the car while they were oh, in the house. Interesting. Okay. And, and I guess the that person, I mean, based off what I read, like Radit was the one who actually ended up telling on them. You like, could tell she wasn't she wasn't made of yeah. the same stuff. Yeah, that was that seems hilarious. And he's like, wait, you need the keys. And she's like, Oh, oh uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out. <laughs> Tex yeah, Watson is still alive. Crazy. <laughs> is he in prison or something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good. It was fun in the movie that he was a big uh, Rick Dalton fan. Like when you find out, he finds out that was Rick Dalton, and he's like, "Oh, I had a yes. lunchbox of that guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy scene, and um, yeah, that that girl just gets you know that can thrown at her face and torched. She gets <laughs> effed up. Oh my god. The redhead. Guys... Sorry, go ahead, Jan- Angela. Oh no, I was gonna say real quick. I don't know if you guys watched the not the not Scream Six, but the one that came out before. I haven't the, seen any of them after Scream Five. Three. Oh, okay. I won't spoil, but that girl was in it, and they, they, yes. they, have, a, they have a reference to it. They have a reference to Once Upon a Time. Oh, and I was like, no That's way. Funny. I was like, Maybe. pretty hilarious. Yeah, she went. She went absolutely cuckoo. Like I was like, okay, let's 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 do it. Like she essentially came comes back to life before getting like set on fire. Which also I love. Yeah. I love that Cliff Booth yeah. does all the work, all the work, 
and then Rick Dalton gets the the final like mm-hmm. literally does nothing. But he just sets him on fire, and then he's like, <laughs> he's like, I did it. Because yeah, appropriate for their whole relationship. Uh huh. The stunt, the stunt man, the actor who gets the praise. Yeah, yeah, gets to the the limelight. Yeah, it's just a great sequence i i just really appreciate a real happy ending that doesn't like uh make it bittersweet even right. well it's bittersweet because we know what really happened yeah uh, but in the movie yeah. it just gets to be a nice happy he even gets to uh get invited up to the polanski pool just like he was hoping at the beginning exactly. of the movie yeah. you can get, a, you get, get a part in a polanski one pool party away <laughs> yeah and i like that when he sees uh emil hirsch or jason yeah. sebring and the other conversation yes it's so sweet oh the 12 guns and mccluskey or whatever yes i yeah. <laughs> mean the the, the flamethrower from the yeah, 14th is, yeah. of mccluskey yeah <laughs> and he's like oh yeah you know all right he's like oh my god yeah that's so cute just real happy for rig dalton i'm glad he got a happy ending yeah like things worked he out he just died too. recently yeah, so I, I'm confused. It's oh just... my gosh! Yes, I heard about this actually. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino just announced he died. <laughs> He's just like this guy's <laughs> dead now. <laughs> I was confused by that. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Angela. Oh no, I was just I was just gonna say on Instagram, do Beverly had like a rest in peace Rick Dalton on their on their yeah. marquee, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, he wrote the entire biography of this character, so I think he was just like that. Eh, He's probably like 93 now. He's dead. This guy's dead. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> but rest in peace, Rick Dalton. You were a great man. Gone. <laughs> Gone too <Rick>. soon. <laughs> I wonder if that is um, connected to the Bounty Law show or if he's trying to kind of oh, interesting. Uh, set up something, up something for how they'll yeah. bring back Bounty Law because he died. They're going to re-air episodes or something. Or- oh, interesting if it'll connect to that like oh it's gonna be like it's retrospective like thing yeah maybe or something something with the five episodes he's doing because rick dalton would theoretically be in bounty law right yeah so would it be leo who's going to be in the show the netflix show i don't think so he just says he's written i don't think leo does tv (laughs) i mean tarantino though yeah i guess because he did take a big pay cut for to, just to be in this movie, just to work. With oh, Tarantino. did he really? Yeah, that's what I read in the interview. That makes sense. Gets, Probably, yeah, but yeah, Bounty Law. I hope it happens. I hope like because I know Leo just did that Netflix movie last year, the End of the World one. Oh, don't look uh, up. Yeah, and then now he's going to be in Scorsese's next film, which is an Apple oh. movie. Which I was like, really? I did not expect that. To I Looks thought it was so gonna be, good. Ian's been real excited. I am excited. I'm amped. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to be sad. It's going to be a sad movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that, Chris is really hinting that he's almost done, right? Or is that his last movie? I don't know. I think he, I think I read an interview that essentially said, I can't do anything else, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It might have been so like, like old. No, just like he is. Basically, he, implied. He's, he's a filmmaker. He is like, like, I think he oh, wants oh, to keep can't do anything until, but make movies. Exactly, yeah. Good. Yeah. Because he's he's getting up there too. He's like he should make a Marvel movie. movie before he dies. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you should do the X-Men movie. <laughs> That'd be wild. The X-Men movies that you said? Yeah. 
should introduce them. To <laughs> That'd be MCU. awesome, dude. And then we need to get the Tarantino Star Trek movie back on track too. Yeah, he wrote it. It's done, right? I think so. I think he was writing it, and because I know before he announced, like, oh, his next one will be the last one. That's been like something that he was trying to push. And I even read that, even like was it paramount and jj abrams were behind it too and i was like no way that's no, just that's un- unreal yeah <laughs> i mean i'm happy like he says like you know he is in mind like okay I'll, I'll i'll maybe have this script preserved and maybe down the road i don't know i, I don't know what he'll do that'd be fun <laughs> I, would, I would enjoy that because yeah he says he's more of a star trek guy than a star wars dude speaking of star wars isn't he isn't his next movie about isn't it called like the critic or something Am yeah, I that? and I think some yeah. people were. Again, you can cut this out, Caleb, because I don't know if this is true. I thought I read that it was about like a critic who like panned the first Star Wars movie or something. I don't remember. I could oh, be really? wrong. I think that it says yeah. I heard something. I heard the critic and Star Wars in the same sentence. So that's where my mind went. But um, oh. yeah, I know his movie is about again is is about. Um, I don't know actually. Never mind. Yeah, he's making a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would see his Marvel movie. I'd yeah. love to see that. Um, I he would do if he did like an X Men First Class type of X Men. Like that would be amazing. Like he would, it would be so good. Oh, a period be very interesting. Yeah, I could totally see that. But but you're right. His next movie is called The Movie Critic. I know that That's that was announced last month. And I, there's not too much that they've said. I know there's a lot of speculation around it, and I I've heard speculation that it's not what you think. Like it's a movie critic, but it's a, he's a movie. This character is a movie critic in a big crazy world. So oh, I don't know. If he, I don't know if he's trying to say this is going to be. I have a feeling if that is his last movie, he's going to make this culmination of everything. And I right. I thought I'd be, I thought we kind of got that with Once Upon a Time, but I feel like this one could be the his like yeah his final the real finale. Yeah, I'm very curious, and and I saw I, I don't know if it's true, but I saw something like you could cut this out too, but um, I saw speculation that Uma Thurman might be oh that'd be good like uh, reuniting one more time because I know he's also been wanting to do Kill Bill three, which I'm kind of glad wow. he didn't end because I just felt like that was already it one and two. You don't need to do another continuation. It would be he cool, but he doesn't seem like the type of person that will um like take too many trips to the well like i think when yeah. he's done he's done so I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't i didn't i'm glad you didn't go back into that yeah i'm kind of glad maybe he'll just turn it to a book so and he said he wants to write more books so and I, uh, I yeah i mean they, once upon a time was fun and i just started reading his cinema speculation which has been pretty cool mm-hmm. getting some knowledge on the films that he that you know inspired him so it was right. cool it's a good read yeah Talk more about that book because that book is really interesting. I I read of the first quarter of it. I haven't finished it yet because like I've been trying to watch the movies that he talks about in the chapters. Like the chapter I got to was Dirty Harry, and I like I want to find a good time just to rewatch that and then like just read like what he has to say on that movie, the things I don't know about. But I wanted to rewatch it first. I haven't seen that movie in many years, but um, but but it's a good book so far from what I'm reading. Talks but about the it. book is basically Tarantino's like journey with movies, right? Pretty much, yeah. It, it talks about like his first trip to the movies, and then like he just 
he has the stories of people who take him to the movies and he just gets into the whole like you know because i think around like the late 60s or 70s or like it's time that he started to see like oh wow movies are awesome like he started to watch like everything <laughs> all the big stuff and he had i think it said his mom's boyfriend took him to a black exploitation theater in downtown yeah. la and it was at like a seven or eight years old and everyone's just cursing at the screen and it's all these violence and nudity and he just was just in heaven just yeah i guess his, his stepdad was a huge influence on him in terms of being exposed to movies he was saying yeah. how um so the the shot of cliff booth driving through through uh la at night and seeing all like the lights the way he shot it was at an angle to where he said like that was essentially what i saw as a kid like looking up at my stepdad mm. as he was driving and seeing all the bright lights wow. behind him like that was just i was like oh that's really special that's nice yeah i gotta watch that scene again now that's really cool back uh, insight huh i didn't know that that's cool but yeah i think his stepdad or mom's boyfriend was like a nfl player for, i forgot oh, really uh, i don't think he specified the name actually it was just but uh, oh so nobody does anybody it's not known who the guy is that did all this with him not from the book and not what i looked up so i don't know who it was i do want to finish the book though so eventually i'll i'll, I'll get to it hmm. just really long yeah I, i've started it uh and it is fun but it's definitely he'll go off on tangents a lot in the book where he'll just start <laughs> describing some period of movies or some like movie in great detail which is really interesting but it can be hard he does segue. to keep the momentum with the story that yeah. sounds nothing like him Going off on tangents, yeah, was, just you wouldn't talk. believe it. And I tried doing the audiobook too, and I just couldn't get. It's just his. It's just him. It's just his voice. It just lasts for a laugh, and I was like, "Oh, it's just Tot Tarantino." So he he yeah. actually read it for the audiobook. Yeah, like there's yeah there was an audiobook version. It's it's all him. And, cool. Because I already know it by reading it, like how he sounds like. But when you listen to it, like okay, that's that's even more. So then I'm picturing in my brain of how he's saying things. So it's it's fun. It's really fun. Well, guys, any last thoughts? Um, I don't know. This movie's awesome. I I, I, I know. Just, um, yeah, this is one I just I tend to rewatch from time to time in the background when I'm cleaning my place. Mm. Like it's the kind of movie that you look up. There's always an interesting scene or moment happening. Yeah, on screen. Yeah, always good music. Yeah, it was kind of kismet right. that you chose this, Angelo, because so I've been I will just take movies from my like just um you can shuffle your watch list on letterboxd oh really and then, I'll, and then i'll just um go to my library and just pick whatever movies came up and this was one of them so i was like okay i have to watch this movie at some point before i have to return it and then lo and behold you picked it it was perfect i'm so happy <laughs> yeah no worries because i one of your episodes you mentioned it and and Caleb was yeah saying pick a movie and I'm like well yeah like I would want to talk about Easy. once upon a time in Hollywood that's just a fun hangout movie and a good one that to talk with other people because people always have different perspectives on it of what they like or even what they don't like it's always fun to hear that that stuff too definitely but yeah no it's just a fun movie with just so much characters and like I, I tend these all these characters just grow on me each time I watch it um yeah I don't know it's becoming a real favorite like because Inglourious Bastards was like my favorite Tarantino movie for a while, but yeah. I don't know. This one's just seeping in my brain more, so it's kind of like up there. I think it like in the same way. I think it's becoming my favorite just because of the low key, just nature of it. Like it yeah. is just something. It is just a hangout movie, and 
at this point, I'm like, that's kind of what I want. And this is like yeah. you know, the perfect, the perfect, like stylized Tarantino movie in a in an era that I love. I love watching movies based in this time in Los Angeles. There's something mm. so romantic about it. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's up there. Like it's a perfect escape, this movie too, especially during the times we live in, how things get crazy. Like yeah. mm. something about that, you just feel nice, like wow, I'm like I'm in another world, a whole other universe here, and I want to be part of that sometimes. Just want to just drive around, mm, smoke some red apples, have some whiskey sours, mm. with Mr. Dalton. Ah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Seven whiskey sours. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, we didn't even talk about Never that. Never drink it again. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. One of the best. <laughs> oh, just when he so takes good, a yeah. swig, when he takes a swig from his flask, and then he's like, no, and he throws it out the door. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I love when he stares into the camera through the mirror. Like for some reason, they just have him oh, look directly yeah. into camera. Yeah. For, like, and it's a really awkward angle. But yeah. he's like, you're never drinking again. Never drinking again. Just the way they shot that was interesting because it's like that mirror is like almost facing the camera and he's just like looking at you directly. Yeah. And that's like a trick you use in film, but it's usually not that dramatic of a cheat. Mm-hmm. Like usually they try to trick it to look like they're staring at themselves more, even though it is into the camera. But this one was yeah. just like a blatant, like, oh, he's looking into the camera. There's no way he can see himself from that angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting shot. Like it was, yeah. I also love how that sets up the conflict of him trying to do the big scene the next day, and how it becomes like his big western standoff is him just going to do the scene, and then he conquers <laughs> it. And it's again another happy ending. This is a movie of happy endings, which I do yeah. really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his love letter movie. Yeah. yeah, I um, I also would put this maybe as my favorite tarantino movie to rewatch. maybe not if i was like going just like pure movie maybe not but most rewatchable easy um one of the nicer movies of his just in like energy jackie brown's my other favorite yeah which is another one like it's a little more mellow and a little more wholesome yeah yeah Yeah, so i I like when he goes warm-hearted a little more we talked double features one i would recommend is inherent vice um, which i think already came up once but they both just have like a very i I compared the characters but the movie in general are just very like warm and positive and have happy endings yeah Um, and also great classic la um so this is really fun and i'll probably watch inherent vice again soon for the whatever time yeah Oh, last thing I forgot to bring up and, and topic of the movie, um, uh, Kurt Russell's character and his wife in the movie are apparently the, that's supposed to be the, there's a theory that that's because death proofs a movie within that universe. So they're yes. saying that stuntman Mike and his wife is the girl in the movie that's on top. Well, she is the one in, in the in death proof, right. the one on top of the car. Who the is end. a stunt double, right? Yeah, she was yeah, uh, originally Uma Thurman stunt double on Kill Bill. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was. But I remember that blowing my mind. I'm like, holy shit! Like that that doesn't make sense. If this movie verse, you know, is true with Tarantino, he would movie. be the actual guy who did it in in that universe. Yeah, and I can't unsee it because he does dress like him. I mean, maybe that's just Kurt Russell. It's the exact same person. Yeah, they yeah. Look like, I feel like we'll <laughs> I also wonder why Kurt Russell real quick is the narrator. I just think that's kind of fun how he's a, he's a character and the narrator. Yes. Yeah. He, that's, he narrates in the beginning and towards the end too. Right. That was, mm-hmm. that was him. he does mm-hmm. like the six months later recap. Yep. Whatever. 
But yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks again, Angelo. Um, yeah. That was super fun. And thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no, I had a blast. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, you're totally welcome, man. Ian, this was great. Yeah, I had a blast. Angelo, can you shout out your Instagram one more time before we head out? Yeah, you can follow me at Cinesplice on Instagram. And then on Letterboxd, you could follow me under under Michelangelo. That's how nice. I'm listed here. Also, we follow him on Letterboxd, so you can find him that way too. A great a great follow for movie recommendations. If you're trying if you're itching to find something, look at what he watched recently and that might just Yeah. Angelo's always watching weird, cool movies. Mm-hmm. There's always some <laughs> interest in going on or great classics. It's all it's everywhere and yeah. everything. Yeah, I just I just try to gobble up as much as I can. <laughs> and if I have the time, sure, I'll watch something on. Sometimes Amazon has crazy movies. They have like just all yeah. the uh, obscurest movies, like things you'll find from the 60s or 70s. So sometimes I always yeah. look in there when I look for something to stream. Hey, quick question, which uh, we can cut this if it's dead weight, but it could be fun because we did talk about streaming stuff. How do you mm. sort for old movies on Amazon Prime? Because I found the streaming apps, it's really hard to sort by like eras. Yeah, I, I just, you know, sometimes I spend too long just, just diving through, like like just going through like, okay, what's this? Uh, what's in the action section? What's in? I just go through the genres yeah. and I would just see something catches my eye, just add it to my... Uh, my list on Amazon. So you're just digging. So I just have stuff saved. Usually when I just try to pass the time, if I'm in line at the grocery store or I'm at the DMV or something, like those are the times just to surf, surf through around and find to the watch list. Yeah. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, I, I try to watch as much as I can, but there's just so much, you know, there's just too much, uh, access and it's infinite it feels like an infinite amount of things to watch i know every time i'm like oh god i'm running out of movies i'm like what no there's like (laughs) millions of literally more than you'll ever build a watch yeah i was looking at my my watch list i'm like 542 movies i'm like you're never even gonna get through that you're fine Like, (laughs) (laughs) like it's okay okay all right, guys. I think we both love this movie, but what did other people think about it? It's time now for Ian Reed's reviews. Cue uh, th- song. Future song. Future song. <laughs> okay. So what I've been doing in the past is I've been reading, excuse me, half star reviews and then five star reviews. That got a little tedious. So what I'm going to do now going forward is just reading the most popular reviews, regardless of whether they're positive or negative reviews. I'm going to go from there. How's that sound? Yeah. Okay. Sounds awesome. Okay. So starting off, we're going to read a review from username Patrick. And Patrick has given it four and a half stars. And they say, and I think we'll all agree to this. It's disarming at first to watch a Tarantino movie that's not driven by a quest for revenge or a big score. That's just about some people living their lives. And once I settled into its groove, I never wanted to leave it behind. Couldn't agree more, Patrick. Couldn't yeah. agree. It's a really nice review. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Well said. Yeah. Again, yeah. I like that it's just... Um, I think it's unfair saying low-key. It's not a low-key movie, but it's just in terms... In comparison to his others... I can see what he's saying, though. Right. Oh, for sure. 
Good job, Patrick. Okay. Next review. This is from username Cookie. And they give it two stars. And this is what Cookie has to say. They say, this was edited like a Family Guy episode. Now, I <laughs> don't agree. I think I understand like those quick cuts to like we mm-hmm. said, the acid dip cigar- cigarette or the cuts to his his Italian adventures. But there's no like, you think that's bad? There's no like Peter Gr- I I didn't get any Family Guy. This is wrong. This is wrong, Cookie. I'm sorry. Log it. D- no. This is Loggett says no to this one. Stamp of disapproval. <laughs> Should we do four? Is that too much? If they're good. If they're good, okay. I like. It. Well, these are the most popular, Caleb. So, this is by user Lucy, who's actually I've I've seen their reviews quite in a lot of these um these movies. I, the, their reviews are are very popular, should I say? And they give it one star. Oh, Lucy. Oh, what are you really? doing, Lucy? And they say this. <laughs> Oh, God. Actually, I'm not going to read this because look how long it is. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Um, does it just do a TLDR? What does that mean? Too, Too long, long didn't read. read. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but I'll I'll just read like the, ver- the little synopsis they give you in the comments okay, section. Okay, perfect. Okay. Sorry, Lucy, but you wrote a whole paper and it was unnecessary. You don't need to do that on Letterboxd. Okay. Um, <laughs> one star review by Lucy. They say, I haven't felt this disappointed in a long time. I figured going into it, this would end up being my least favorite tortellini, but I had no idea. Any, wait, what? Tortellini? Did they actually say that? Yeah. Oh, Tarantino. Is that a joke? Mean Tarantino? It was a joke. Okay. Anyway, anyone could have directed this. It feels completely inorganic when related to him, except that it's clearly playing out a nostalgic Hollywood fantasy, feet and all. We even talk about the feet stuff. And even if he tried oh, a yeah. new route by throwing out his old dot, dot, dot. So I'm not going to finish the review because, Lucy, it's too long. You need to edit your reviews. <laughs> um, but, but also congrats on the success. All yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> this, re- this review has 5,000 likes. Oh, um, wow. So actually, you know what? Whatever. I don't care. Um, but I disagree <laughs> because I don't think it could have been directed by anyone because it's clearly like has all the Tarantino hallmarks. So yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, that's true. So that's wrong. Okay, and my final yeah. review is which is my favorite. It's a five star review by username Roberto underscore, and they say, and it's written as Mago Robbie, and then in um, asterisk smiles, and then me. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> and that was their review. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah, that's good. I agree. I love that. Those were Ian's <laughs> reviews. That was awesome. Thank, um, thanks um, for pulling those. And um, thank you to Letterbox people for writing them. All those people. Yeah, we appreciate the Letterbox community. Um, so regardless if you give a good or bad review, um, we... Uh, we 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 hold our arms wide open and we'll embrace them <laughs> before before we leave angelo can you mm. i would love one movie recommendation that like i need to add to my Ooh. watch list <laughs> like just um, even if i see, i like it can be anything even if if you're like i just saw this recently people should watch this movie 
Like, what are you in like the mood for? Like, what have you been craving? Like, it could be whatever. Like, you can look at your your most recent movies and be like, that is a gem that people need to watch. Aside from Leprechaun Three, oh. exactly <laughs> because that oh, make them watch said, Leprechaun Three. That was already on my no, because I need to watch the first two. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. There's a there's a narrative, you know, like you got to get the whole thread. He's in he's in Las Vegas. Well, how did he get to Las Vegas? You know, where did that come from? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been re- I've been starting to rewatch. Um, have you watched the Riddick movies with Vin Diesel? I have not, but I've watched that trailer a lot of times, actually. For Riddick? or Yeah, I think it was either. I think it was Chronicles of Riddick. Or who who is the. Um, is it um oh my gosh is judy dench is that her name yeah is she in that movie? she's in the second one yeah Chron- chronicles of riddick yeah so chronicles of, i've seen that trailer so many times and i don't know if it's because it was, <laughs> yeah it was like in it, it was probably part of a vhs or something that i had but anyway it was marketed a lot back then yeah uh-huh. are you recommending that one I was going to say, maybe try out that trilogy because I've, I've been re I've, I haven't seen them in a long time, but I've been revisiting them. It's very interesting. It's like you, you go from like this horror movie in the first film, then you go to this crazy, weird sci fi adventure epic in the second film, and then the third film goes back to a horror movie. It's, 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 cool. it's a weird, interesting franchise, but it, I don't know. It might be, could be, might be boring at times, but no, I just I'm find it. I have an admiration for like, because I was listening to an interview with that director who made that movie, and he was—I liked his passion of like not trying to replicate the first movie and the second movie. He mm. wants to take that character who was in a horror movie into an action epic, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I admired that. So I don't know. I and I heard Vin Diesel might be doing a fourth one. Like, Ooh, he needs a new franchise. He he does. Um, yeah, I don't know how long he could hold on to Fast and the Furious, but you know. Um, I don't know. Try out, try out the Pitch Black Chronicles of Riddick. Riddick, see what you think. If you're feeling some sci-fi adventure or horror, I just have an admiration. I don't know if I 100 percent love it, but I, I just want to see what people think of how much it holds up now. Because there's some good stuff in there, and there's also some like, ooh, that's some weird 2000s like CG right. in there. Um, I don't know. I just caught my eye recently because I have an admiration for like that that filmmaker's attempt to like create a saga, like its own like sci-fi adventure series. Um, That's really um, Vin Diesel's passion project, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah. he did that before the first Fast and the Furious. I think Pitch Black came out before. That's right. Yeah. Cool. And if I remember, he put a ton of money into it, his own money. Like he like could have gone like I don't know, maybe one of the later ones, but um. Yeah, I respect those movies too. I'll, I'm going to watch list that one for sure. Hey, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Can I get three dings? Yeah, hit it. Ding, ding, ding. Added, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Angela. I appreciate the the Rex. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. No problem. Well, we recorded for three hours. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that was great. I think that was really good. The majority is usable for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we the first half hour was warm up, so it's really only been like a couple hours. That's um, good point. I think I think we we hit a I think we hit a really great rhythm there. I do too. I think it really kicked blast. into second or third, whatever the whatever one is better. Uh, <laughs> fourth, third. Yeah, I think four. Uh, once it hit it into park. 
Around really, 20 minutes, we really dipped this cigarette into some acid and lit up. You that's know right. what I mean? How do we end an episode? And, Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was just going to say, um, Angelo, any last words on um, Once Upon a Time, on any of the last fours, and any cool movie thought you have, anything you got to get off your chest and uh, let the people hear? Yeah, I, I hope, you know, hope they were good recommendations and i hope uh <laughs> people who haven't seen i mean ready to talk spoilers so like people have to have seen this movie by now if they listen to this whole thing but yeah no, they checked out yeah <laughs> now i hope, <laughs> hope the people <laughs> i hope that we people will find new appreciation in once upon a time in hollywood and hope it does become a, a movie that gets more celebrated as time goes on and hopefully the younger generation down the road will, will find this as a gem so yeah. Well said. Very well said. You should uh, write that into a letterbox review and then post it because right. oh. <laughs> that was well said. <laughs> um, well, cool, Angelo. We really appreciate you being on um, and re- making a great recommendation. Ian, any yes. last words on Once Upon a Time or anything? Fantastic movie. If you have the time, it is it is a long movie, but I think it's I think it's well worth well worth the. Uh, two hours and however long it is um mm-hmm. but yeah amazing those are my last words yeah agreed agreed worth the time moves really well and just a a, a wonderful uplifting movie all right well that wait should... hold on oh we're not record done yet. scratch <laughs> we didn't even announce next week's movie that's right and we have another announcement for that's next week right. i believe that's right we have uh, my friend Andy Zambrano will be coming on to discuss the 1997 Greg Matola film, The Day Trippers. Mm. And you can watch it on HBO Max. Just kidding. It's now Max. You can watch <laughs> it there. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's starting today. As of this record, it is now called Max. Well, I've um I've never seen that, and I'm um, really excited to watch it. So, thanks for that recommendation, Andy, and we're excited to have you on. Yeah, yeah, very excited. And that's all she wrote, guys. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been episode five. Thank you for joining us on this journey through 1969 Los Angeles. We will see you next time. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie. Ah! <laughs> How about the three of us? Three, two, one. Go watch, Go watch a, a movie. movie. <laughs> Should we try that again? <laughs> <laughs>